this morning to Revelation 18. Then I'm going to back up to 2 Corinthians and uh, try to to bring out a thought on my heart. It's not uh, anything new, not anything unusual. But we're going to read uh, just a few verses in 18. And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful thing. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Uh, this, This is a time in Revelation, and it's not in the future. Regardless of what people believe and people think because men have been led astray, this is referring most probably to Rome, to the Roman Empire, but it's referring to the sin of the entire world. It's referring to a great, great sea and multitude of people that are wicked and evil. And that even said all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Now the reason I say these things is because of verse 4. You know we have to understand what we're reading sometimes and it's just difficult but the the Bible is complete in itself. Now the futurists of this world say that by now the church is raptured and it's not here. But Verse 4 says, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues. Now the Lord's going to pour wrath out on this particular uh, scripture, pour wrath out on that people, and that, that particular scripture has already happened, no doubt. But God is wanting the people to come out of this whole system. Uh, the worldview, the sin, the, the way of the world. And, and he included all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. In other words, all nations have participated in her sins. Now back then, all known nations was a whole lot different than today. But the whole world back then had partaken of of the Roman Empire's sins. The Roman Empire owned everything in a huge crescent around the Mediterranean. And, and then there, were, of course, was Africa, and there was uh, Spain and, and France. All those were lightly settled. They weren't great nations in themselves at that time. 
But the great nation on the earth was the Roman Empire, and it, and it was uh, it was uh, administered from Rome, the city. And God referred to that place as Babylon. Babylon, that great wicked place. Now, <clears throat> but what I want to think about is, is when he said, come out of her. What, what did he mean, come out of her, my people? Well, to begin with, there's people, even in Revelation 18, that belong to God and they're saved and they're of the church because everybody that belongs to God is of the church. There's no other way to belong to God except to be of the church, of the body of Christ. When people are baptized in, in, in Christ's name and for His sake, they believed and God saved their soul through faith by grace are we saved? We belong to the body of Christ. We belong to Christ. He bought us with His blood and He paid our sin debt. We belong to Christ and on earth the body of Christ is the church. The church is right here. Come out of her. Well, what's He talking about? Come out of her. What's, why is He saying for the church to come out of this place? Because He's referring to the whole world. God is telling us to come out of the world. God is telling us to get out of the world. To, to be in the church, to be separate from the world. To be a separate people. And we're going to go to 2 Corinthians and chase that thought just a little bit further. In, in uh, chapter 6 of 2 Corinthians, I'm going to read the first and then jump over to the 11th verse. We then, as workers together with Him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Well, Brother Johnny, if you, if you receive the grace of God, receive salvation, and, and you won't come out of the sin, you won't come out of all the wickedness of all the nations of this earth, you have received the grace of God in vain. In other words, it's not going to do anybody any good. It's not going to do the world any good. It's not going to do the church any good. It's going to do you only some good and you'll be saved as by fire. Your works won't stand. Your works will mean nothing. He said, but we need to be workers together with Him. With Him who? With Christ. He said, I beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Now we're going to go to verse 11. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. You are not straightened in us, but we are straightened in, our, in your own bowels. Now for recompense in the same, I speak unto my children, be ye also enlarged. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion, what communion hath light with darkness? Unequally yoked together. You know, you use that for many things, but the best friend I've got in the world can't be a friend of the sin of the nations of this world. 
He can't be. The best friend that I ever want to have throughout all my life cannot, I cannot let it be one that is among Babylon, among the sin of the nations of the world. Can't let it be that way. Be not unequally yoked together. My business partner can't be one of those. And me do Christ justice. In fact, my spouse don't need to be one of those. And God talked about that. Now he said, <clears throat> verse 15, In what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? A Christ and Belial is two polar opposites. They're, they're two extremes. One is, one is of love and forgiveness and the salvation of mankind's soul through the death of Jesus Christ. And, and by the grace of God, we can go to heaven and spend eternity. But Belial is nothing of that sort. He is, a, he is exactly the opposite of Christ. Well, what concord, what agreement could Christ have with Belial? He ju it just can't happen that way. Now, that's come out of her, isn't it? Just as Christ can't have an agreement with a Belial. How can we have an agreement with the, the world and the system of the sin in the world? Well, what is the world all about? Greed, gain, lust, pleasure of every sort. All the things of this life that, that is designed to make people feel good or more gooder and more gooder and, and whatever you want to use as words to describe it. But there's ecstasy and there's excitement and there's, there, there's a, a head rush and there's that buzz you get from the alcohol and there's all these many things to entice us and tempt us and the lust of the world overtakes the flesh. And it overtakes mine too. Well, what concord can we have with that? I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But there can be no concord with that. Verse 16, And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? A people that worshipped idols come into the inner sanctum of the temple right before it was destroyed. That's an abomination. And then they destroyed it, and that's desolation. For ye are the temple of the living God. Well, I'm the temple of the living God. So I'm going to take the temple of God, I'm going to take it out into the world, and I'm just going to have me a shine. I'm going to have me a good time. I'm going to partake of all of that. I'm going to get into the drugs and alcohol and the sex and the, the, the wickedness of every kind. I'm going to get into that and I'm going to be greedy like the rest of them. I can't. Can't have any concord with all that. Amen. Come out of her. Well, I've been saved. 
I've become the temple of the Holy Spirit that dwells within me. I can't have any concord with that. Come on out. And that's what he's saying in Revelation 2. Come out of her. I'm going to bring a great judgment on that nation and that people. And, and all the nations that have concord with her. And I want my saints out of there. I want them out. And that Babylon could even be used for the uh, city of Jerusalem and the temple in those days. Ye are the temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Where's God? Can't see him, can we? Don't know where he is. We look around. And we look. We don't see God anywhere. But we do in spirit because he's in us. He lives within us. We're, we're the temple of God. He lives in that temple. That's where God dwells. What did Jesus tell the Samaritan woman at the well? He said, he said you know not where you worship. You, there's coming a time and it's now that you won't worship in those mountains. You won't worship in that temple in Jerusalem. But you will worship God in spirit and in truth no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. Amen. God's going to live in you. That's the new covenant that God made. What agreement hath the temple of God with idols? We can't have any agreement, can we? I will be their God, and they shall be my people. You know he's talking about the present? Lord willing, tonight I hope to talk, speak about the kingdom of God. But he's speaking of the present. God living with them, with the people at Corinth, with what we call the Corinthian church. He's living in them. He's living with them. He's walking in them and walking with them. And they're his temple. No more, no more man-made temples. The stone that was cut out of the mountain, not by hands, has become the living cornerstone of the church. Jesus Christ. And that stone overwhelmed the whole world. And it did. Verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord now. Come out of them. Paul told the Gentiles, you once, you once were fornicators. You once were idolaters. You once were adulterers. You once were, were thieves and, and, and everything that he could possibly name. You once were that, but boy, now it's different. You've been reborn. Been born again. You've been baptized just like Christ. You come up, you're no longer part of the world. You're a new creature. So come on out of them. In other words, don't, don't you dare get saved and just stay in them like old Lot did. 
Don't do that. Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. You know, people try to have it both ways, don't they? All across the land, all through the churches, people try to have it both ways. And, and I'm not one of those that is a, a naysayer and, and, and somebody said we'll bury our head in the sands and I'm not one of those because I have to live in the world and I have to live among the world but I don't have to live with them. And there's a whole lot of difference to that. I don't have to partake of what they're doing. I don't have to go to the bar rooms to get satisfaction. I don't have to partake of all the sins of the world to get satisfied for a short time. I have eternal satisfaction. I have Christ living in me. Now how can we, if we truly get down to bare facts and we believe that God is living within us, how can we take God to the beach and get naked? How can we take God to the bar rooms where there's alcohol and lust and all the meanness comes out of people and people show what they really are? How can we do that if, if we truly believe that we belong to God and that the Holy Spirit lives within us the righteousness of Christ overshadows us. How can we do that? Yet people do, don't they? Yeah, it's nice to... Uh, I, I spent a lot of time when I was younger. I had energy, though. I don't know how I did it. I, I look back and say, how on earth did I do that? Work five, six, seven days a week sometimes, but many times... Five days a week, 10, 12, 14 hours a day didn't matter. But on Saturday, boy, I had that energy. I'd load up that little boat and I'd go out in those bayous. And I'd fish and come home and clean them things and put them in the freezer and then I'd have a cookout later that evening. And then on Sunday morning, I'd go to church. I wasn't tired had that energy, that youth, that vigor. Well, boy, I don't even want to get up early anymore, Brother Johnny. Amen. Me and old Richard Dupree would work all week long and come midnight Friday night, we'd load up the boat and go out in the bayous gigging frogs. Man, you get out there and, and you go up in one of those canals up there around Union Oil Canals, we called them, and, and it'd be pairs of light shining all through that bayou, alligators everywhere, floating around out there. We counted 50 one night in one canal, and we got four frogs there. Now you think about that now. We're in a little bitty aluminum skiff, and there's all those gators, and yet we wanted those frogs. That's what we came to get, and we got them. We weren't drunk because neither one of us drank. And it was fun. And I got up Saturday morning about 8 o'clock, mowed the yard, I might have went fishing Saturday afternoon. 
Where'd they get the time to do it? I don't even have time to cut my grass some days. I'm wore out. So boy, we, we enjoyed life. And we enjoyed everything that life had to offer except what Babylon had to offer. We didn't enjoy the bar rooms. We didn't enjoy the wickedness in the world because we didn't want any of it. We enjoyed that fishing though. It was a rare thing that I went fishing on a Sunday, but I have. I, I'd, load, I'd, I'd tell you the honest truth now, and, and, and I've never, don't talk about it much, but you know there's a place down there by Grand Isle called the Fusho. I work all week long. It didn't matter, it didn't matter. I'd go offshore five times on service calls, back and forth, back and forth. I'm barely getting to sleep but 2 o'clock Saturday morning, load up and head to Fushon, two and a half hours away. They'd fish all day in that hot sun and come back, clean them, put them up, go to bed, get up, go to church. And I, I never stopped at the bar rooms. I never took part in all the festivals. I didn't go to the Mardi Gras. I had... So much pleasure, so much fun with the things God made in this world without partaking of mankind's junk. So, he said, what agreement hath the temple of God? What agreement hath the temple of God? My body with idols. How can we do that? So he said, come out of her. He said, I will receive you and you will be, uh, no, I will receive you and will be a father unto you. You ever seen a father just quit? A, a father that loves his son ever just quit on him? I always got some hope there, don't he? Always. No matter if the son goes bad, there's still some hope there, still some concern and still some care. Maybe a little help if needed, but I will be a father unto you and you shall be my sons and daughters. Just don't forget the women, folks. Amen. You're going to be my sons and you're going to be my daughters too. Hey, this whole thing applies to women too, don't it? Saith the Lord Almighty. And then he said, having therefore, now remember chapters were inserted by the translators. There wasn't any chapters and verses in these uh, old manuscripts. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, now we come to the God our Father. God our Father, the one that we love, the one that enabled us to be reconciled back to Him by giving His only Son to bleed for us. And we love Him with all our heart. We know that He's the whole power behind all the universe. Don't tell me we shouldn't fear Him. He's our Father. And we're His children. And if we do wrong, he's going to whoop, whoop, whoop. 
in different ways, see? That's the way we did it when we had kids. I whooped Tyler a bunch of times. I remember. <laughs> I'm not going to embarrass Tyler, but y'all whooped your kids. Tell me you didn't. And they're decent citizens because of that, aren't they? I know one that hadn't had enough whooping, but still. We, we know that fathers and mothers correct their children if they have the right kind of love for them. So we have the right kind of love for God because of what He's done for us. And yes, we fear His power very greatly. So let's come out of Babylon. Let's not partake of Babylon. Now Babylon is this, this in, in Scripture, the, the worldwide problem with sin. The world belongs to Satan. Belongs to Bilal. And that's Babylon. In many ways. And I'm just like Paul. I speak not this to condemn you. Now it's God that can do the condemning. It's God that it's up to God to police the church because I can't. I can't see the hearts, and God can. But He said, "Let's come out of her, my children. Let's come out of her." That'd be the simple message this morning. But we have to know, we have to know that there's a difference between the way we should live and the way the world wants us to live. Amen. And, and that God wants us to live peacefully. What else? Righteously. So have some purity in our lives. We, we, we're not perfect, but let's have some purity.